Hey, hey, and g'day. Welcome back from wherever and whenever you're listening. I'm Darren, and this is another edition of the My Guest List Pod Review and Recommend Show, my R&R show. This is the small companion show to my main interview episodes that I do every other week that you can find here on the same feed. If you'd like to contact me or have a suggestion for the show, you can find me at My Guest List Pod pretty much everywhere you look. Links are also in the show notes, so don't forget to check there. This week, I'm very excited to finally be able to do a show about this particular podcast. The only reason I haven't done it sooner is that I wanted to complete the entire series before I recommended it, just so I could do it justice. And I have probably had more positive feedback to this show when I've recommended it than any other show that I talk to people about. In fact, I've referred two colleagues of mine to this series, and they both binged it and ended up finishing the series way before I did, even though I started before them. So let's get into it. The show for this week is a work of audio fiction, and it is called The Bright Sessions. The Bright Sessions is an atypical artist production that aired for the first time on November the 1st, 2015. It was created by Lauren Shippen, and Lauren also voices one of the main roles in the show, that of Samantha Barnes. Lauren has acted in numerous podcasts as well as short films and web series, She has a degree in music from the College of William and Mary and was named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 in media for 2018. Lauren is the head writer and producer for the show and has also done some of the sound design for certain episodes. However, there are a lot of the episodes written in conjunction with or by other cast members as well, especially in later seasons. So, what's the show about? The Bright Sessions is the story of Joan Bright, played by Julia Morozawa. Dr. Bright is a psychotherapist who deals solely with patients that have extraordinary supernatural abilities, telekinesis, telepathy, time travel, pyrokinetics, etc. She provides therapy for the strange and unusual, people that she calls atypicals. Dr. Bright helps these atypicals with developing and controlling their abilities, while also helping them to deal with the more common and everyday neuroses and problems that we can all relate to. And it's this fact that a lot of what her patients deal with or need help with are the more human problems that make these extraordinary individuals more relatable to the listener. Love and relationships, peer group acceptance, grief, loneliness. You wonder at the powers her patients have, but also relate and empathize with them because of the very common issues they are going through as teenagers and young adults. Then again, these normal problems are made even more complicated by the impact of the atypical's powers. And it will be a daunting task for any therapist. For for a second, put yourself in the chair of Dr. Bright. Imagine being someone's therapist, but they can read your mind, or they can feel the way you are reacting to the things that they are telling you. Trying to help someone with mental health issues is hard enough without adding these elements. And nowhere is this difficulty of Dr. Bright's predicament more noticeable than in the case of Caleb a teenager trying to find his place in the world, exploring his sexuality, traversing the minefield that is high school, and doing it all while also being a powerful empath. A dynamic and volatile combination. Take a listen. With one person is hard. I started feeling only what they're feeling, and, and I don't like that. It's like It's like having someone else inside of my chest, you know? I see. 
I have to say, I'm surprised you find football enjoyable still. Don't your teammates' emotions get in the way of the game? Not really. Look, it's it's easier when everyone is feeling the same thing. Football's intense, but it's... I don't know. It, it, it's, it's comfortable. It's, it's simple. Hmm. You said that when Adam is in the room, you can't feel anything else. Do you mean his are the only other emotions that you feel? Yeah, pretty much. He, he just sort of he drowns everything else out. Isn't that preferable to feeling what everyone in your class feels? You don't sound very happy about it. No, of course I'm not happy about it. That's literally the point. I can't be happy because he's so miserable. Do you know why he's sad? No, how the fuck would I know that? I'm not a mind reader. I just, look, I just know that he's sad. In previous sessions, you've talked about how similar emotions can have slightly different colors to them. Happiness over getting a good grade versus happiness over seeing a friend, for example. You feel that difference. It's something you felt many times in school, correct? Those different colors? Sounds a little gay when you put it like that, but yeah, I guess. Caleb. Sorry. So, does Adam's sadness have a special color to it? Is he sad over his grades? His family? Like I said, I'm not a mind reader. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty general. He's lonely, I guess. Yeah, he, he feels alone. He doesn't have a lot of friends, so I guess that makes sense. Actually, I, I don't think he has, like, any friends, so. Perhaps that's why you only feel him when he's around. His loneliness isolates you from feeling anything else. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, people are lonely and sad all the time. It's... It, it's high school. He's just... He's, he's just different for some reason. But this is a great feature of the show and the way it's written. Dr. Bright deals out what seems to be very normal and common sense advice that takes the extraordinary components of the atypicals cases into account and deals with them in a very normal and human manner. It gives you that element of authenticity that helps immerse you in the story that much more. Elizabeth Laird, the series' psychological consultant, is probably to thank for this aspect of the show. And interestingly enough, Elizabeth also plays the role of Sarah, Dr. Bright's secretary. In the first season of The Bright Sessions, you are introduced to the main players, and each episode is devoted to an individual session with Dr. Bright and a single atypical. The development of the characters is obviously primary here, but we also begin to learn that there is more to Dr. Bright than her just being an atypical therapist. She has her own past and story that begins to unfold and slowly involves her patients. As usual with serialized audio dramas, it's hard to give you a sense of what to expect from a series without giving too much away and spoiling the story. So here are a few short clips from the first season and initial consultations with Dr. Bright to give you an idea of what you can expect. Patient, session one, female, mid-twenties, no history of psychological counseling. She was skittish when making her appointment. Condition unknown. Come in. Dr. Bright? Um, yes, hi, I'm here for a session. For a therapy session, that is. 
two o'clock. I have a two o'clock appointment. It's my first time. In therapy, I mean, that's probably obvious. I'm Sam, Samantha. My name is Samantha Barnes, but you can call me Sam. Or Samantha. Either one is fine. Whatever you're comfortable with. It's your office. Which would you prefer? Uh, Sam, I suppose. I had to pick. Well, Sam, why don't you come in? Right. Gosh, sorry. Please, take a seat. I don't have to lie down, do I? I never understood that. Freud is so insistent about it, and it just always seemed so weird. No, you're not required to lie down. What did you mean by that? By what? That comment about Freud. Oh, that. Um, nothing. I didn't mean anything by it. I mean, I don't know Freud personally or anything. I, I mean, it's not a, a personal interest of mine. I, I probably just read something somewhere about Freud and his intense need for people to lie down while talking to him. I'm a researcher, so I spend a lot of time on the computer. And you know the internet, just full of information. So... Yes, I probably just read about Freud while I was doing my internet-ing. I mean, I'm sure you know all about Freud, being a psychiatrist and all. I've read his works, yes. Right. Well, so that's, uh, that's a relief. That I don't have to lie down, that is. It just seems silly. So, Sam, how are you feeling today? Good. I'm good. Uh, great, yeah, th things are great. Is there anything in particular that's on your mind? No, no, not really. I don't really need therapy or anything. I mean, I'm not, you know, depressed or, or suicidal. <laughs> I mean, I have a nice life. A job I like, a nice apartment, a, a very understanding cat. Things are good. I just, um, yeah, I saw your, your listing in the paper and it looked intriguing. That's all. What about it intrigued you? Well, therapy for the strange and unusual. I just, it sounded, well, uh, unusual. And do you like things that are unusual? <laughs> no, I, I would not. I would not say that exactly. Then why did the listing attract you? What did you, what did you mean by it? I mean, why put a listing in the paper for therapy in the first place? It seems a, a little weird. I've learned that some people have problems that aren't exactly found in psychology textbooks. And a lot of those people don't know where to turn for help. That's where I come in. What do you mean? What, what kinds of problems? I'm afraid I can't discuss any of my past or present patients. Right, right. Of course you can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's just, I think I might qualify for that, for the, the strange and unusual. Oh, why do you say that? Well, ever s since I was a kid, wait, you can't tell anyone about this, right? I mean, the, the same patient-doctor confidentiality agreement still applies? Of course. I can't tell anyone what you tell me in this office. And you can't report me to any... Law enforcement or government agency or anything, right? Well, if you've hurt someone or plan to, I would have... No, 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 no. No, God, it's it's nothing like that. I, it's just... Well... Okay, you will probably think that I'm completely insane. I mean, I think I'm completely insane. I have thought for 15 years. 
Well, here's the thing. Ever since I was a kid, I've been able to to do this this thing that, for all intents and purposes, should not be possible. And I've read every book that I could get my hands on, and I've scoured what feels like the entire internet, and I've never come across any kind of explanation for it. And you probably will not believe me, but essentially, unbelievably, I can time travel. And it sucks. New patient, female, 20 years old. The appointment was made by her mother, a woman I met while in graduate school and the first atypical I ever worked with. She didn't say much about her daughter on the phone, simply that she has been in therapy for quite some time, but is only getting worse. You must be Chloe. Why don't you come in? Please, take a seat. Hello, Chloe. My name is Dr. Bright. I'm glad you've come to see me. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a little drained, but okay. Optimistic, even. Maybe cautiously optimistic. I'm glad to hear that. As I understand it, you've been in therapy before, but have been finding it frustrating. Could you tell me a little bit about that? No one believes me. No one believes you about what? About any of it. They keep telling me I need medication, and they're wrong. Why don't we start from the beginning? What made you seek therapy in the first place? I started to hear things. What kinds of things? Well, at first I wasn't sure. It was just a a quiet murmuring, you know, like being next to a beehive, like that steady hum. And then things started to break through the hum, and... That's when they started talking to me. Who started talking to you? The angels. You believe that angels are speaking to you? I don't believe it. It's true. None of the others believe me, and now you don't either. You were supposed to be different. I didn't say I didn't believe you, Chloe. I'm just trying to understand. Your mother sent you to me. Do you know why? She said you would be able to help me like you helped her. That's my hope. I met your mother when I was getting my master's. She was working at the university at the time, and we became good friends. She was dealing with a special ability, and has she ever told you about it? Yes. I didn't think anyone else knew. Yes, well, I think I was the first person she ever confided in about it. And she was one of my first patients. I helped her learn to control it. Whoa. And it didn't... It didn't freak you out? That that she could move things like that? (laughs) I was certainly surprised at first, but then... It was amazing. I'd never dreamed that... Well, your mother is very unique, and it seems you've inherited some of that. So you believe me, then? About the angels? Why don't you tell me more about these angels? How often do they speak to you? Oh, all the time. They're speaking to me right now. It's a little quieter than usual at the moment. They like to give me some space and be a little less noisy when I'm by myself or in a quiet place. They're very respectful like that. Well, most of the time. When are they not respectful? Well, 
If I'm in a busy place like the campus dining hall or driving home in rush hour, they can get really, really loud and they all try to talk at once and it just gets to be a little much. That's why I had to go to therapy in the first place. One of my professors made me see the college mental health advisor after I had a bit of an outburst during a lecture. What caused the outburst? Well, I was trying to take notes on the found art movement. I'm an art major. And there were so many voices getting in the way. And some of it was about the lecture. Sometimes the angels try to be helpful. And I know they mean well, but there was just so much other stuff, too. And it was... What else have the angels told you that have helped someone? Well, nothing else yet. It's hard to sort through all of them at once. You know, they all talk over each other and I get snippets here and there. It's easier when I'm with one person, like with my mom or the college therapist. The angels told me she was way out of her depth and worried she was going to say something wrong to me. So I tried to take it easy on her, you know, not overwhelm her too much with my energy. That was kind of you. But don't you think it's possible that what you are hearing were the actual thoughts of the therapist? How exactly do these angels communicate with you? Do you hear full sentences? Not so much. No, I I don't really know how to describe it. It's like hearing the lyrics to a song that's playing in the background. You know, you're not paying attention, but a word or two sneaks its way into your brain. And maybe you get the idea of the song just from these few words and the melody. And does that make sense? I can't pick out individual words exactly, but I just, I just know. I see. And you can't choose not to listen, I gather. No. No, it's always there. Well, but I can't really choose to listen either, if you know what I mean. Like I said, it's not like I can focus on the words and pull out full ideas. They just come into my mind, and then I understand them. Are you hearing them now? Yep. Although they're being quieter than normal. What are you hearing? Or, should I say, what are you understanding? Um, I'm not sure. Things don't always come through. It's a, it's a little unfocused at the moment. Someone's worried about their next patient. Oh, that, I mean, that must be you, I guess. Are you worried about your next patient? How, um, <clears throat> uh, yes, I, I suppose I am. But I wasn't actively thinking about him in that moment. Are you sure you should be doing therapy with this person? When you're so worried about them being dangerous? It's not worth it if you think they might hurt you. That's... That really isn't any of your business. I'm... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... It's all right, Chloe. You just, uh... You just surprised me. That's all. And to find out who that patient is that Dr. Bright is so worried about, well, you'll just have to listen to the show. Seasons 1 to 4 develop the main story, and Season 6, the AM Archives, completes the series. All the series are fantastic, although I did think Season 4 was probably the slowest in moving the story along to its epic finale. The payoff here is that Season 4 has an episode that highlights just how multi-talented the cast of actors are. I won't spoil the surprise, but it's very entertaining. I'll just say, once more with feeling, and let the Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans explain it. Other than that, you'll just have to listen to the season to understand what I'm talking about. Now, 
What about season five, I hear you say? Well, season five are bonus episodes that concentrate on some of Dr. Bright's other patients, characters that are not critical to the primary story arc, but they are fun to listen to and feature some different and impressive abilities. There are a couple of things in particular that I loved about season five, though, and here they are. Firstly, the actor who plays Myra in season five, episode one, is Jessica Nicole, who starred in another podcast series that I love called Alice Isn't Dead. As soon as I heard her voice, it brought me back to that series, and you can bet I will do an R&R show on that one sometime in the future. Secondly, Season 5, Episode 8, named Nico. The story of that episode was both poignant and cleverly written. It was able to represent the emotions and feelings of what it is to be unsure of who and what you are and where you fit into society by virtue of a less-than-capable shapeshifter a shapeshifter that is unsure of their true self. Now, I'm sure that the intent behind this episode was to give you an insight into the plight and emotions of people in the trans community. I don't want to spoil the episode by doing a deep dive here, but I thought it was extremely clever in delivering a very important message. But all the Season 5 bonus episodes were entertaining, so don't skip it. Or at worst, come back and listen to it once you've finished the main story. Now. There is also a Season 7 that deals with the lives of a couple of the main characters after the culmination of the events of the AM archives. And so far, as I haven't quite finished that yet, they've also been really good. And as you would expect from a show that I hold in such high regard, the actors are amazing and draw you into their world from the very beginning. And it shouldn't really be that much of a surprise as most of the players are experienced actors. Julia Morozawa, for example, who plays Dr. Bright, my favourite character, is the lead role in the YouTube hit series Star Trek Odyssey, while most of the other actors have similar well-credentialed resumes. The story is complex and rich, and the character development is consistent and interesting. The dynamic relationship of the differing abilities was something I really enjoyed, and the story was very nuanced in the way it displayed these interactions. For example, what does an empath glean from a telepath when they are using their power? Can they feel the emotions of just the telepath, or can their powers of empathy extend to the mind reader's subject through the telepath? So if you're a big nerd like me, and this is the sort of thing that you think about, then the Bright Sessions offers up plausible answers to these questions. There are shady organisations and more than one villain in the story for you to despise, or root for, depending on your perspective, And romantic relationships are not all the usual homogenous type, which was nice to see. Finally, Misha Stanton is to thank for the show's fantastic sound design and effects from episode 17 onwards, which are never overdone and only enhance the sense of realism you get from the episodes. And all the music was composed by Evan Cunningham. So please take a listen to The Bright Sessions and enjoy a very entertaining piece of audio fiction. And if you liked Bright Sessions, maybe check out some of Lauren Shippen's other work at atypicalartist.co, where Lauren and friends create a myriad of other audio series. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening in, and please check out the show notes for all the links to the Bright Sessions and Atypical Artists. And if you would like to talk about this podcast series with me, head on over to the Discord server or drop me a message. There is so much to unpack in this series, and I have had great conversations with friends that I've bullied into listening to the show. Next week, it's another interview episode, and it's been one that I've held on to for quite a while now. It's actually a bonus episode with a young creator I spoke to earlier this year, 
He doesn't have a podcast per se, but as I mentioned at the start of this season, I'm happy to speak with interesting people and highlight their work on occasion as a break from the normal schedule. The following weeks, though, we will be back to the usual chats and countdowns with indie podcasters. So take care, and I'll chat at you again next week.